The ability to speak with confidence and present for impact is easily the most valuable skill you can have in today's world. When you can share your knowledge, you can facilitate change. And when you can facilitate change, well, you can change the world one conversation at a time. But most people think they can't speak articulately, confidently, or with impact. They get choked up by nerves, they lose their words, or that dreaded imposter syndrome shuts them down. Well, I'm happy to say that speaking is a skill that anyone can learn. Yes, even you. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Kat Matson, and welcome to Speaking with Confidence. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson. Yes, that would be me. How are you today? I hope you're having a fantastic day. And I hope that when I ask that question at the beginning of each of my episodes, you actually take a moment and you pause and you answer me. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes we can get so caught up in our busyness that we just keep chugging along and we forget to check in. And also sometimes if you're a business owner, you might not have been asked that question today. So how are you? How's everything going? I hope everything's traveling along really nicely. Now in today's episode, and I need to give you a heads up, today's episode, the interview that I'm about to introduce was recorded live and we live streamed, I thought we live streamed into Facebook and LinkedIn, turns out it only went to LinkedIn, that's okay, technology plays havoc sometimes and in fact the tech did play a little bit of havoc and so you will see that or hear that in this interview. But you will hear magic because the tech in that sense works, but a couple of times I did falter because we lost video and whatnot. But in today's episode, I chat with Christy Lee Ballette from People Powered Business. Christy Lee and I have known each other for years now, years and years and years. And Christy Lee has gone through the Impactful Presenters program. She's a member of my Impact Club. And Christy Lee works with business owners on their people management the recruitment, the attraction, the retention, the management. And one of the things that we've talked about a bit over the years and particularly recently is the importance of a leader and in particular the business owner's role in effectively communicating direction, vision, team outcomes. And of course that all comes down to speaking. That all comes down to speaking with confidence. And so that's what I brought Christy Lee in to talk about today. We also talk about how important it has been for her as a business owner to build her speaking confidence. And in the course of the conversation, you'll hear that I was also reminded of some of my um, weaker moments as a team leader. So Christy Lee Ballette is described, and it's true, as a nationally recognized HR expert. She's a passionate small business advocate but possibly most excitingly, she's a podcast host, a mum, a wife, a beach lover, I totally get that, and a runner. I don't entirely get that, but that's okay, each to their own. Christy Lee has spent more than 20 years working in the field of human resources, people management and recruitment, and she now dedicates herself exclusively to supporting small to medium-sized businesses who employ less than 100 staff with all aspects of their HR, their recruitment, their people management and their human resources. 
In other words, for businesses of that size, she is your outsourced HR person. So sit back and enjoy this very friendly and delightfully real, delightfully authentic conversation with Christy Lee Bullett. Well, this is another one of those little experiments where we are live streaming. So pardon me, Christy Lee, while I do a couple of little checks here. I think we are good. Christy Lee Billet, welcome to the Speaking with Confidence podcast. It's awesome to have you here. Kat, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. And for those who are listening at a different time, I probably want to, well, I do want to let you know that we're recording this live on a Friday afternoon, which is much better than recording it dead on a Friday afternoon. (laughs) But in all seriousness, we're streaming live to a couple of different platforms. So there's a slightly different flavor, I guess, to, um, I don't know, to the tone and to who knows what technical issues could could happen. Like, for example, I've literally just lost vision on Christy Lee. I'm going to keep chatting though and see what happens next. Christy Lee I've brought onto the episode today because she works with small business owners to help them recruit the best people and manage the best people in their teams. And over the years that we've known each other, I know how important speaking is for business owners and for business managers. So I wanted to have Christy Lee on to have a chat about that. So I'm going to cross my fingers and check in. Christy Lee, are you still there? I am here and I can see you perfectly fine, Kat. So welcome to Friday Afternoon Technology. Welcome to Friday Afternoon Technology, (laughs) indeed. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Christy Lee. What do you do? Who do you help? Why do you do it? Well, I'm the CEO of People Powered Business and what I do is I work with predominantly small to medium-sized business owners to help them overcome and avoid staffing stress and headaches by helping them build amazing teams, hire the right people, learn how to manage them really effectively and lead them really well. And what I really am passionate about is helping those business owners to build really successful and sustainable businesses but businesses that also give them a sense of freedom, like nights and weekends off and that don't kill them in the process and keep their sanity intact. So that's who I love to work with and and love helping them build really great teams. What a delightful concept, being a business owner and having a life. Mm. It's foreign for many of us sometimes, but um, (laughs) hopefully more and more people can can achieve it. Yeah, awesome. And... Just And I've just got some vision back, so it's lovely to see your face again. Great. Now, <laughs> in, in the work that you do with your clients, and, I mean, we were talking about this just the other week, that mm. one of the cha- challenges that your clients can have is feeling like they're the only ones talking in a team meeting. They're, mm-hmm. You know, they kind of sit there and go, Where, where's everyone else? Let's start with that one. Why are team meetings so hard to get people involved in and and what's your recommendations when it comes to leading a good team meeting? Yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting point. We did have a really great discussion about that and you said some of your awesome um, strategies. But I think business owners find team meetings hard because they know they should have them and they know that they're important to have, but they've often lost touch with why they are having them mm-hmm. and you know, in some industries, they're sort of doing them because there's a compulsory safety element or something like that. And others are doing them because they think they should do them. 
but I think that often they've lost touch with the sense of purpose for the meeting and therefore they're not leading and driving the meeting effectively and spend a lot of time telling people things and not shouting instructions, but basically just giving instructions. And that never creates a particularly engaging team meeting or they expect their team to kind of turn up to run the meeting, which is never going to happen, obviously, unless they've been given some context. So I think business owners do find it challenging because they're not sure what they should do, what they should say, Mm. how they should say it to get the most out of the meeting. It's interesting just hearing you talk about how business owners often rock up to a team meeting in a telling mode Mm. and it reminds me of how often when we step into that leadership role, we step into a quasi-parental role, like Mm. we actually take on that persona of the mum or the dad. And so we then evoke and invoke all of those behaviours. I'm just going to tell you because I'm the parent. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Christy Lee, it hasn't worked for me too well as a parent. (laughs) It certainly hasn't worked for me and I've got two teenage daughters. So, um, yeah, no, that's very true. And and I hear people say, I want to treat them like my family. Like, I'm not sure that's the best approach when it comes to your team. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not sure your team put your hand up to be part of the family Correct. either, right? Like no, we go exactly. to work for a different outcome. Mm-hmm. What about um interviews? I mean, one of one of the things that you help your clients with is finding the right people for mm-hmm. the team. I've done a couple of episodes now around what people do wrong or could do better in interviews when they're interviewing but so I'd like to actually talk to you about both sides what Mm. do you see candidates do or not do when it comes to articulating themselves and communicating what they bring but also what what do the interviewers need to keep in mind that's really interesting I might start with the interviewers because um, I spent a lot of time helping them master these techniques and what I see one of the biggest traps they fall into is the over-talking, over-explaining, not leaving moments of silence for people to answer questions trap. So often an interviewer will walk in and tell the candidate everything about the role and the company and wonder then when they start asking questions, they're not getting the real information that they need because the candidate on the other side has now got all the information they need to give the answers that they think the employer wants and they're not getting the truth from the candidate. So I think our need to fill every moment of silence and rush in and do all the talking is one of the biggest traps that I see interviewers fall into. And just not asking the right questions and not being curious enough can be a real challenge. And it's it's not something that you get taught when you become a manager or a leader or you start a business. So it's understandable that people don't know what questions to ask and how to articulate those questions appropriately to get the right answers out. So they're probably the biggest traps that I see the interviewer fall into. From the candidate's perspective, interviews are nerve wracking. Like they're really Mm -hmm. nerve wracking. I mean, business owners find it nerve wracking. So candidates do as well. So being able to sort of control those nerves and shift through all the information in your mind to be able to articulate an answer and pull out a particular situation or an experience that they can then use as an example can be a really powerful tool in interviews. But if you haven't done some prep work or if you're not accustomed to pulling out that information, that can be really challenging to do in an interview sense. And of course, when we're nervous, two things often happen. We talk too much and we just ramble and don't focus on the question that's being asked and therefore don't give great answers. 
or we're so meek and mild and quiet and timid that we um, just don't give our full selves to the interview. And so it's finding that balance, I think, that is a real challenge. I was just thinking, it's any wonder, is it any wonder that we we make hiring mistakes mm-hmm. then? Like if that's what's going on on both sides of the interview, you're actually not having a meeting of substance of substance of minds of mm-hmm. connection it's mm. literally two people playing out roles that they think they need to play out and meeting this kind of fake show it's like we're actors without yeah. really knowing what the script is exactly exactly or people spend so much time in interview wanting to get to know the person which is absolutely a critical part of interviews that they forget to ask any technical questions i remember one of the consultants that used to work for me she, Everyone loved her and she loved everyone she interviewed, but she would come out of the interview saying, oh, she's fabulous. I'd love to be her friend. And I had to remind her a few times, great, but we're not recruiting for friends here. We're recruiting for our clients. And look, I'll be honest, that has been one of my hiring mistakes. I've I've Mm. hired purely for personality match and ended up hiring people just like me, which is awesome. It means that we have all of these great big ideas and we've, you know, we're really creative and nothing gets done. Gets done. <laughs> yes. No, Easy no, trap no, to fall into. <laughs> you mentioned the types of questions that interviewers should be asking. Um, and I don't want to dive too deep because, you know, that's what people should be coming to you for. Mm. But Give me an example of the types of questions that people shouldn't be asking. Closed-ended questions are probably the biggest one you can really easily remove. Can you use zero? Everyone's going to say yes and they'll figure it out later if they're smart enough. Uh So the closed-ended questions really don't give you the information you need, nor do they give you an opportunity to go deeper with with an applicant to ask follow-up questions. So aside from the you know litigious side of not asking discriminatory questions the closed-ended questions are the ones that that are really not giving you any value i think in an interview yeah one of the other things that you talk a lot about is leadership and Mm. particularly the business owner needing to step up into a conscious role of leadership Mm. how is how is uh, i guess the question is our how we speak reveals a lot about our perception of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So how does a business owner reveal that they're not taking themselves as a, in a position of leader as distinctive when, what, what shifts when they do show up as, as a leader, how how does that show up differently in their speaking style? I think that's a really great question. I think what I see happen is there's a shift in um, the confidence that they bring to a conversation when they step into that role as a leader. And I think that also needs to be the layer of authenticity about it, that Mm -hmm. they won't, it's not going to be a polished conversation necessarily, but there is a confidence about this is the outcome I'm looking to achieve. This is the information that I need. Here are the questions I have and a very uh, well thought out Uh, conversation tends to happen where when the business owner hasn't stepped into that leadership role yet, often the conversations are more ad hoc, less structured, not as well, well, they're often not intentional at all. And and staff get lost in that environment. People want the clarity of where we're going, how we're going to get there, what are the goals, what are the objectives. They actually want that clarity. But I think really often a lot of business owners I work with think that by 
doing that, they're going to be bossy or mean or come across as sort of over demanding. And then they don't give them any direction or clarity or sense of certainty. And then, you know, things just don't get done, obviously. So I think you, you do sense confidence when someone shows up as a leader. I'm just sitting here having a mild little moment, knowing that we are live streaming into LinkedIn in particular, where I have past colleagues. <laughs> and that may have been the feedback that I've received. Um, and it does. You're exactly right. It comes from that place of not wanting to be seen as bossy mm -hmm. or not wanting to take away people's choice or contribution, but that there is a space for leadership with contribution as distinct mm -hmm. to what do you think? No, no, no. What do you think? No, yeah. no. Tell me. What do Decisions you think? Decisions by committee can always be problematic. Yeah. Well, and, and you can't make a decision by committee if you don't know what the goalposts are, right? Correct. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, as business owners and as leaders, we still need to be providing some direction. Yeah, okay. Sorry to everyone. Who <laughs> it's probably both of our one. colleagues on LinkedIn. Mm, yeah. Now, flipping the role a bit into your life as mm. a business owner, you're an Impactful Presenters alumni. You're a mm -hmm. member of my Impact Club. How has speaking and finessing your speaking skills, how has that helped you as a business owner yourself? I think for me, I came into the Impactful Presenters program having sort of recently, relatively recently started doing a lot more speaking. So I have a podcast, I was doing a lot of live presentation work. And so it wasn't about I was too terrified to get on a stage or to speak to people, but I knew that the way I was structuring my messages was not always having the impact that I wanted it to have. I knew part of it was about how I speak because I obviously talk very, very quickly. I'm sure everyone has heard that today. Um, so I knew part of it was that because my brain is already 10 minutes ahead of where we need to be. And I knew also part of it was that I had a lot to share and a lot to say, but I could mm. overshare and say too much. And I didn't know how to pull it back and distill it and frame it up. So for me, it was about I knew I needed to change how I was doing things and improve how I was doing things. And I needed some help in doing that. And it's, for me, it's been really powerful. The frameworks that you share have, I love a framework and I teach a lot of frameworks for that reason, because they're a hack. They make things easier. Uh -huh. So they've given me the structure to land my message with greater impact. I love that. I, I particularly want to come back to what you said about my mind is always 10 minutes ahead. Mm. How I, I, I'm, I'm pausing because I'm, I don't entirely know where this answer could go. So I'm mm -hmm. be, being careful not to set you up, but um, how, how I'm guessing that your head is still 10 minutes ahead of where most conversations are, mm. how do you come back to where your audience is at while you're still 10 minutes or even, you know, it can often be more than 10 minutes. It can be at the outcome. How mm. do you stay present to both where your head's at as well as where your audience member is at? Yeah, I try and come back to, um, I guess, the journey piece. So mm -hmm. where did we start? what are the um you know key messages that i'm trying to land and i might need to loop back and and often even i will articulate coming back to this point here 
to remind myself to that that's actually the point I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to make the point that's 10 minutes ahead. I'm still on this point here that I need to revisit or share a story about or articulate or unpack further. So I will often verbalize it and articulate it to bring my own mind back to the point that I'm meant to be talking about. That is a powerful, powerful, powerful hack. I really Mm. like that. Mm. And then I also want to come back to the point that you made that you had started um, doing a lot of extra speaking um, activity, podcasts, presentations, etc. Why? Why were you doing all of those things? Well, I had had my business for a long time and I made the decision, well, I'd been wanting to play in the online world for for quite a long period of time. But because HR is traditionally very tactile and in-person, I couldn't quite get my head around how I was going to do that. But I knew that I needed to reach a lot more people in different ways and almost demonstrate that this information can be shared can be absorbed, can be consumed and actioned on in a forum that wasn't in person. And because I don't find talking difficult, podcasting was a really easy way to start for me. And because I, you know, I, in throughout my business journey, I had times where I'd been really regular with writing blogs or writing articles, but I was inconsistent. I would have years where I was great and years where I didn't publish a thing. And I knew that I would fall into that trap again if I tried to do something that was more challenging. And so podcasting was easy and was an easy way for me to then take that content and share it out in other methods. So I started doing it really in order to build that online presence as I moved my business online. I love that. You know, I often hear people say, I started podcasting because it was fun. Okay. Um, (laughs) And it is, it is, but I like that notion of I'm doing it because I want to connect with more people Mm -hmm. um, and connect with people that I can't necessarily meet at a networking function. It's reaching Mm. wider audiences. There was another question in there and it's completely left my mind. Yes, that's what it is. Before I ask you the final question that I ask all of my guests, which is what's your top speaking tip? You are currently at time of recording um, working on a big workshop. Tell us Mm. a little bit about what's happening for you next week. Again, this is at time of recording. So if you're listening to this, then just check the show notes and all the information will be there. But yeah, what are you working on at the moment? Mm, I'm working on a brand new workshop, which I'm actually really excited about to help uh, business owners, leaders and managers master having difficult conversations with their teams, because it is one of the biggest challenges that we all face. And I have had some excruciatingly bad experiences (laughs) in having terrible conversations with my teams in the past. And I noticed that the business owners I was working with over the last 10 or so years were kind of making the same mistakes that I had made. And Mm. the truth is we have to have a billion different types of difficult conversations with our teams. It's not just a performance management discussion. It's the salary Mm. negotiations and all those other things. And by having some really simple frameworks and knowing more about ourselves as leaders, we can actually make it a whole lot simpler on on ourselves. So I'm hosting a three-part online workshop next week to help people master those difficult conversations. That's very awesome. So as I mentioned, just check out the links in the show notes. I think this work is so important, Christy Lee. In in my time in the public sector, I had access to a human resource department, Mm. um, people who I, I I had access to an intranet 
where I could actually, you know, look up, I'm about to have a difficult conversation. Mm. How do I do this? Um, but as business owners, we don't have that. <laughs> no playbook. <laughs> no no playbook. And not, particularly um, when it comes to HR, we very rarely have an HR department or an HR consultant mm-hmm. that would, you know, we might bring in a marketing person, we might bring in a salesperson, maybe even an accountant. But I know a very few small business owners no. who bring in HR because... It's the last thing, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and you don't usually need size. it until you're a certain size. So it, it does make sense. Yeah, I think it's really powerful work. Thank you mm. for doing it. So as I suggested, my final question that I ask all of my guests is what's, what is your top speaking tip? What, what would you, out of all of the things that you've worked on um, from a speaking perspective, what's your number one tip? I guess my number one tip is to just be yourself. You cannot pretend to be someone else and I definitely tried and I I think I've shared this with you before when I had my podcast initially I would spend hours preparing the notes and then read you know articulately my daughter told me I had a different voice on the podcast Mm. she said oh you're using your work voice um because I was trying to be so polished and professional and knowledgeable and actually after taking the impactful presenters program I dropped all of that. I spend 10 minutes preparing for a podcast and 20 or so minutes recording a podcast and it sounds like me. And I think that the message lands and you resonate with the right people when you are when you stop trying to be someone else. So be yourself. I actually have a little post-it note that's sitting slightly out of view at the moment because I must have rearranged some stuff, but it says in order to connect with my people, I need to show up authentically as me mm. in order to disconnect from the people who aren't my people. Mm-hmm. Like showing up authentically is just as much about repelling the people who aren't yours. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> as it is about attracting your people. Mm. Christy Lee, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed it. And again, thank you for the work that you do to support business owners like us to manage those difficult conversations and to manage our HR demands. Cause um, you know, as people often joke, and I'm, and it's not true, but as people often joke, gosh, wouldn't running a business be easy if it weren't for the people? If I had a dollar for every time I heard it. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So thank you. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Kat. It's been great to be here. I told you it was um, delightfully authentic, didn't I? And look, it was interesting listening and talking to Christy Lee around what leaders do wrong I have absolutely been guilty of not giving my team enough direction of not wanting to be seen as bossy or taking away choice and where that's left my poor team members at the time was lacking direction lacking understanding how they can perform to their best so I really appreciated uh, that conversation and in particular really appreciated as always, that opportunity to reflect and say, so what could I do better next time? If you would like more information about Christy Lee and how she supports businesses, you can go to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au. That's peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au. And the link to that website, of course, will be in the show notes. And if you're listening at a time that Christy Lee is still running that workshop that she mentioned, then you'll see all of the details. And if not, perhaps reach out and ask how you might be able to access the replays or the recordings. As for me, 
If you would like to finesse your speaking confidence, if you'd like to speak with greater impact and authority, then next week I'm running, or this week now, because it's a time of listening, this week I'm running my Speaking with Impact workshop series. You really do want to check it out. So head over to impactfulpresenters.com. That's impactfulpresenters.com. And of course, any questions that you have, any thoughts, anything that came up for you in that conversation, then please head over to Speaking with Confidence on Facebook. That's Speaking with Confidence on Facebook. And let me know. Let me know what you thought, what came up, what did you realize about yourself or how would you like to speak better? Ask those questions and um, I can work with you in the group. Last but not least, I have a very different request of you. I would love your review. I'd love you to follow. I'd love you to pass this podcast on. I get more and more passionate about supporting people to speak with greater authority, confidence, authenticity and impact because seriously, that's how we're going to solve some of the more complex challenges of the world with more diverse voices contributing to the conversations that matter. So the more you can share this podcast, the more people who can be listening the better off the world will be. And one of the best ways that we can get this podcast into the hands of other people just like you is for you to leave a review on whichever podcast app you're listening to this on, follow and, of course, recommend. So thank you for tuning in for another episode. I look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, here's to confidence and here's to impact. I'll see you soon.